0: Welcome to episode 86 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Diane. She used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Diane, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Today we're going to talk about Tradition 9, which says, Our groups as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. My guest today is Ruth, and Ruth, uh, could you read that one for us in German?
1: Yes, of course. Unsere Gruppen als solche sollten niemals organisiert werden, aber wir dürfen Dienstgremien oder Komitees bilden, die denjenigen direkt verantwortlich sind, denen sie dienen.
0: Thank you. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at the recovery show may be in 12 step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of tradition nine. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer and I will be your host today. Joining me as co-host Ruth, and how are you today, Ruth?
1: I'm Macri Spencer.
0: How are you? I'm doing well. Um, Okay, the first segment of today's episode of The Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic, Tradition 9. Following a short break, we will talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in the meetings we attend and in our lives. We'll follow that with some brief news before closing. And I wanted to open with a reading. This is from the Al-Anon Daily Reader, Courage to Change, October 17th. As newcomers, many of us were surprised by the absence of rules in Al-Anon. Before we found recovery from the effects of alcoholism, a strict sense of order may have been our only way of feeling that we had some control. Naturally, we expected a program as successful as Al-Anon to be even more rigid than we were. Instead, as a newcomer, I was told that I was free to work the steps at my own pace. I could ask questions of anyone as they came up. No one was in charge, yet everyone was in charge. It seemed impossible— yet I could see it working more effectively than any organization with which I'd ever been involved. As I continue coming to al I'm learning to trust that the group is guided by a higher power whose will is expressed in our group conscience. I watch the traditions in action, guiding us by suggestions rather than rules. And I learn to trust my fellow members, each of whom contributes to the well-being of our fellowship, where no one person is in charge. I've always thought that the the lack of... Sort of formal organization in Alanon uh, is is surprising, considering how well it seems to function. Um, have you uh, observed that as well, Ruth?
1: Yeah, it is uh, different from um, other organization I experienced, uh, where we have very um, strict rules, and I think in Alanon we have recommendation how to run a group and so on. But as you can see, if you are visiting different groups, um, they are all uh, a little bit different or very different. And uh, so uh, not everybody is following this recommendation because you don't have to to hmm. be in a group. You can find your own way.
0: Yeah, and... And I wonder, um, what is maybe your understanding? I know I have my understanding, but I'm curious to hear yours of what does it mean that we are not organized according to this tradition? Because obviously, uh, things get done. Uh, meetings usually happen at the same time in the same place every week. Chairs get set up, uh, uh, money gets collected to pay, uh, whatever rent we might be paying, uh. Literature is available for sale and and so on how did you know is it is that not organization or, or does it the tradition mean something different when it says we are not organized
1: yeah I would say you know if you are talking about the organization it has very uh, strict uh, structure and uh, here it's a uh, difference. I would say um, that you have the same things maybe available, but you do not know really how it is. And now I'm missing another word for organized, or Mm -hmm. I would say managed, Mm -hmm. um, because it is uh, not a certain position, but it is a service you have. And uh, it is up to you how you are uh, doing it. You know, it is... um, Often a topic of discussion, how is somebody doing a service in Alanon? Because uh, you are allowed to do different. There are recommendations, but uh, you are uh, free to um, uh, follow it with, with your own uh, creativity or with, with new ideas to do more, to do less. And uh, there's nobody uh, besides somehow the group conscience telling you how to do it. There so may be a kind of service sponsor uh, or the one who has done the service before to give you some advice and share their experience, but um, there shouldn't be no one or normally one who tell you, you have to do it like this, 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 and this. So you maybe like as a treasurer, you can see in some people they're doing it via app or some they're writing it in a book, or uh, some having uh, the money for literature and, and the money for, for the rent and different um, accounts, and some of the same. It's up to you. If it would be organized, it would be a rule and a responsibility, and so on. You know, there I see a little bit the difference. Do you agree, or what's your experience?
0: So, uh, one aspect of, of organization that we try to, to do it without, uh, is having specific rules about the way things are done. Uh, and, and I think, uh, I've certainly noticed that, uh, by attending a number of different meetings, by uh, being involved a little bit in, um, maybe the group conscience of those meetings, understanding, um, how things are done, uh, that, that different, different groups do it differently because, um, there aren't, there aren't specific rules, as you say, about the way things are done. So that's one aspect. Another aspect that I found in the reading I was doing in preparation for this topic is about hierarchy. Most, uh, organizations that, that I'm involved with that have more than two or three people in them, there tends to be, uh, some hierarchy. There tends to be a person who is, um, uh, maybe called the chairman or, mm-hmm. um, the, the president or. And and if it's a larger group, you probably have, um, you know, several people uh, doing different things, uh, being in charge. Uh, but there's there's often one person or a small group of people who make decisions about mm. how the organization is working. And you know that's that's very different in Al-Anon, uh, in my experience, that we have. People who do specific tasks, so we probably have one person who takes care of the money, which we might call treasurer, one who takes care of uh, collecting donations, paying the rent um, in uh, I'm going to take one of one of my groups as an example, so we have we have a treasurer who who takes care of that and of keeping track of how much money we have when we have accumulated more than our prudent reserve, which is a uh, a phrase from the Alanon service manual in English that you should have enough money to, you know, maybe pay two or three months rent and uh, maybe to buy literature when you get low. Uh, and above that, uh, then we as a group decide how to, uh, how to send some of that money onto the, the local group, the national, the world service organization. So we have one person who takes care of the money. We have one person who we call secretary, who uh, takes notes during the group conscience meeting and reports back to the group as a whole, because we hold our group conscience after the regular meeting and not everybody attends. We have, and those jobs, and we have one person who's in charge of making sure that we have literature uh, available for sale. And those those three tasks um, are staffed by volunteers, obviously uh, on uh, generally for a year at a time. Then we have uh, somebody who opens the meeting, and because this meeting starts with somebody giving a short lead, um, the person who opens the meeting is also tasked to select the person who's going to give the lead each week, and that's a two month commitment and We have somebody who leads a a newcomer meeting, a a short meeting after the regular meeting for people who are new to the program, who want to have an opportunity to ask questions and so on. And that's usually a two month commitment. And I'm trying to think if there's any other positions. Uh, Sometimes we have uh, greeters who will uh, stand at the door and greet people coming in and so on. But the, the difference is that each of these positions is in is, is in charge of a specific thing that needs to get done. Um, it's not somebody who's in charge of the whole meeting. It's not somebody who decides how the whole meeting runs. Uh, and, you know, we could decide to do the meeting differently. And the way we do that is by meeting in a group conscience, talking about it. Uh, if it's a big decision, often we'll, the the secretary will bring it back to the the larger group and say, look, we talked about this change. We're thinking about making, if you have an opinion about this, uh, come to the next group conscience meeting because they will making, we'll be making a decision then. And so there's no, there's no, you know, group person or group of people who are, who are directly in charge. And I think that to me is what is sort of the difference of organization versus, mm. um, not organized. Uh, <laughs> and, and it also, I think, um, You say, well, if you're not organized, how do things happen? How how is it that the meeting always starts on time? How is it that chairs are set out? I mean, nobody's in charge of setting chairs out, but people who show up early set up chairs. It just happens. Um, I don't know. You have other thoughts on that?
1: Yes. It just came to my mind that, um, you know, we are rotating services. And to do a service, you normally do not have to have a special qualification So you don't have to, uh, how shall I say, work yourself up so that if you're new, you are cleaning the cups. Afterwards, you are putting up the shares. Next service is this and next service is that until you reach the hierarchy of doing whatever service. But you, I would say, somehow theoretically, uh, you can just do uh, the service you feel comfortable with. So, um, and then you can also, you know, uh, uh, switch again. So when I came to my group in regard uh, to my home group new, which is my home group now, I wasn't able to recognize uh, long-timers uh, in regard to who is doing uh, which service. And uh some of the long long time as you know they uh, they were responsible for our um coffee account, mm-hmm. you know because they um supported newcomers or not so newcomers, but people to take more and more responsibility and stepping back so that other people have the opportunity to to grow in services. Mm-hmm. and i think this is a, a very huge difference uh in uh, in regard to other organizations uh like uh in companies or also in uh you know uh unities like um like sport clubs or so there you normally come in you are fresh and you have to make friends and do politics to to get a special position. And Mm -hmm. here, normally, uh, if the group is healthy, then uh, they look volunteers. And sometimes, you know, some people get a little bit encouragement where people think, you know, maybe you can grow in the service.
0: Yes. And in fact, that's that's an interesting thing that that we encourage people to do service in order to um, strengthen their program rather than waiting until... uh, somebody is, you know, really strong or whatever to, to say, do this. Um, and I know, for example, again, talking about my, my Wednesday night meeting, um, the person who, who chairs the meeting, the person who, you know, reads the, reads the opening and the closing. And, uh, we often encourage it to be somebody who's got a little bit of time in the program because, they will be uh, asking other people to give a lead but i think about you know if i have so if there's somebody who's still fairly new they can still look around the meeting and say well this person often has things to say that speak very strongly to me and i'm going to ask them to lead and maybe that's a good thing maybe that gets um, more variety of of uh, openings more variety of of topics uh, because if they're they're selecting it from the perspective of what speaks to them as a as a relative newcomer, rather than uh, I might look around and say, "Well, this person I've known this person for a long time, and I know um, they always have something good to say. They have, uh, as we say, a lot of uh, wisdom, a lot of recovery, and I might select people based on that rather than on um, wow, this person really spoke." To said something that that spoke to me personally very strongly and um, and if we if we don't sort of leave that open like that um we don't have the opportunity to get that uh diversity of uh of points of view sometimes i think i don't know that just occurred to me so <laughs> um, so the the tradition also speaks of um, in English, uh, service boards or committees. Mm-hmm. And I know that, I'm not sure exactly what they mean by service board here, but committee uh, is a word that I understand, and maybe they're just different ways of saying the same thing. I'm not sure. Um, and and there was a German word there for service board that I think I can sort of pick apart into its components. But um, I think about, so my a couple of the groups that I'm in, uh, once a year hold uh, uh, an anniversary picnic or party to mm-hmm. celebrate the founding of the group and it 's uh you know it 's a sort of a potluck meal and then um with a little bit of a meeting attached and and sometimes there 's a speaker and so in order to organize this some somebody has to sort of take charge of organizing it they you know the one one group uh um, rents uh, rents a, uh, a large room at a local treatment center where they uh, can can host a host a group of people with food and so on, which is not possible where we meet when we can't have food in the room we meet in, um, and we have to get things like paper plates and and napkins and so on, um, and I think uh, the group buys like fried chicken or something, and then people are asked to bring salads or side dishes or desserts or or drinks or something like that. And so there's some organization that has to happen. And so uh, a couple of months before the event, we sort of, in the group conscience, pick some people who are a couple or three people who are going to be in charge of making it happen. And And then when the anniversary party is done, that group goes is no longer a group. That committee is no longer there until the next year when probably a different set of people do it. So to me, that's an example of where um, we form a committee or a service board, whatever, to to make something special happen. Uh, the people in that group are delegated certain responsibilities by the meeting group as a whole, but uh, don't have any um, power, if you will, outside of that. Um, have you have you had that sort of thing in your groups at all?
1: We have something. Um, we do our administration or we have um, in my home group, we have a 10 minutes um, administration time um, mm-hmm. each meeting. But uh, for our regional meeting, uh, we have a committee who meets maybe two weeks up front, Uh, before the regional meeting takes place. So we are discussing which are the topics and uh, do we need some uh, preparation for it. Uh, We always have a spiritual part, which is prepared by one of us. And uh, then we have a local yearly event, which is uh, something, it's a public event, and we uh, invite uh, a speaker, external speaker to it, which is normally, you know, psychologist or depends on the topic. And there's a lot of organization be done because it's the biggest event in my area mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. this year. And there's also a special uh, committee. And yes, after the event or uh, it is done for the yearly event, and next year you can take part or, or not, and... Um, For the regional meetings, uh, it is somehow also the people who are attending the regional meeting are joining, but it is open for everyone. You know, every, uh, even people who are not going to the regional meeting, like every Alanon meeting, even it's a a public relation committee or whatever committee we have, it is open to everyone. And I'm a group representative and I know about. the meeting dates, and I uh, tell them my group and invite everybody, and um, I'm always happy because it's a um, opportunity to people uh, to learn about service, you know, just uh, um, look into it, uh, not committing themselves, and get to know to people and so on. So yeah, we are open, and of course we have uh, if we have regional meeting. Then each group has one vote, but we mm-hmm. all have voices, and everybody can speak there and is, is assert So, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's how it's working here. Mm-hmm. I
0: I had not thought of of that example. Uh, actually, those two examples you gave—one having a um, an annual um, uh, conference or something of that sort—obviously. Uh, I've been involved in organizing conferences uh in other areas of my life and that definitely um takes a lot of organization uh, it takes uh, often a fair amount of time and and energy from a small group of people to make it happen so that's a great example and the other thing that that uh, you talked about your uh, you know being group representative and and the so the which is sort of um I'm trying to think how to say this, that things that happen in Al-Anon that are bigger than just one group uh, sort of, uh, you know, I guess because we have within our group, for example, we have somebody who's in charge of making sure the group has literature, but there's also a person for the uh, area or the region that we're part of that makes sure that literature is available to all of the groups in the area, that that person has a a stock of books. So somebody from the meeting can stop by and buy one of this and two of that without having to uh, order them uh, maybe online from El anon or, or by mail or something. And, uh, obviously those are things that need to be done. And those are things that need some kind of organization, but they're not directly happening in the meeting. Um, and so it's, they, that, that group that, um, you know the group that you go to as, as part of the meetings that you go to as a group representative that meeting really has no power over your individual al anon group um it um you know it it's more communication uh, and maybe um i don't know what what else happens i haven't done that myself that's not a, a form of service that i've done so what sort of things does the when you go as a group representative what sort of things happen there In
1: the regional meeting uh let me remember uh, we are talking about uh, new books who are coming we got information about uh the national meeting mm-hmm. um uh what happening in in our area you know how uh, uh what's going on with our alatine or not existing alatine groups mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. And we are talking about upcoming uh, public events, like, uh, when we are invited as an organization who will go, uh, and, and those things. So about area wide, um, things, but also, uh, about we get the information from, from the national meeting. And then we are, uh, distributing it back to our groups. And of course, I am, uh, reporting back in my group. Right, and if they have an opinion or something they uh, want to uh, be spoken of in the regional meeting, I take it with me. So I'm I'm more like a messenger. I have no power,
0: mm-hmm.
1: really. And if I'm not able to go, uh, we can send somebody else. Unfortunately, I have no deputy at the moment. But we are able to say uh, somebody else is going, and we as a group we can decide. That as this person, then, without being elected as a former representative, has a vote at the regional meeting. Mm-hmm. So it is all about uh, uh, functionality and not about uh, power. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, something I was I was reading um, suggested that tradition nine um, also uh, expresses. Uh, connects to steps two and three about um, there being a power uh, greater than ourselves that can help restore us to sanity and uh, giving our will and our lives over to the care of that higher power. Um, And it's, you know, for me, um, when I look at this tradition, when I look at how it works in a meeting in particular, um, there's definitely a part of it that's about um, letting go of control, about um, letting things happen in the way that the whole group wants them to happen, not in the way that that I, who might be, maybe I'm, I'm chairing the meeting this month, uh, maybe I want it to work in a certain way, but the group has said, no, that this is, there is a way that we do this meeting and we have maybe some things that we read and and things that we say at the beginning of the meeting and and I can't just change that by myself. I can't say oh I'm not going to I'm not going to do this in this order. I'm going to do this in a different order. I'm going to read these things instead of those things. um you know I I I don't have I don't have that power. I can go to the group conscience meeting and say you know I I would like I would like to suggest that we that we change the way we do this, for these reasons, and then we can talk about it. and We can decide whether to do it. Um, but when I'm put in that position of, what looks to somebody who's new to the meeting, they come in and here's this person who you know starts up the meeting and and goes through this whole, um, uh, you know, the set of readings and and opening, and and you look at that person, you say, oh, this person's in charge of the meeting and then uh a month later or two months later, it's a different person you say "Wait what what happened um, because uh you know they're 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 not in charge um, and and so uh, when I'm in that position, I need to let go of what the way I think it ought to be and follow um, the expressed will of the group um."
1: And isn't that frightening, <laughs> especially when there is nobody really in charge? You have uh, you are not and nobody else? <laughs> it is uh, you know, uh, step um, two and three. Maybe I read them again. Uh, step two is came yeah. to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God, as we understood Him. Yes. And I think also on tradition too, for our group purpose there is but one authority, a loving God, as He may express Himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. And especially, you know, if you... If you're early in your program or whatever, how shall I say, but if you are not really have built a stable relationship to your higher power and you do not have this trust, and you know for me, I lose it from time to time. then this there is no organization, there is no fixed plan, nobody in charge. It's frightening. And I got frightened again and again, you know. And so I have to take those steps, uh, you know, trust in the higher power again and again. And this is, you know, uh, for me what uh, Tradition 9 is about is, uh, yeah, to to have trust in the community and the fellowship in my higher power. That if there's no organization, no fixed plan Or there may be a plane, but it may fail, you know. You plan Mm -hmm. uh, something and then it doesn't go how it is intended. Because sometimes, you know, people are not coming back. They are coming sometimes or maybe they are coming for several years and then they are not coming back and they they may be ashamed to tell you or they just forget or don't care anymore and then there's a service open. Or people are are getting uh, sick or moving, and uh, then the service is open. Or, you know, things happening like you have not expected. And that's a a big challenge uh, for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's for me, that's Tradition 9 about to rely on the fellowship, rely on my colleagues or on my family, on my friends.
0: Power. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that sort of connects it over to how I can use this tradition, uh, in the rest of my life. Um, and I can, you know, I can use it at work where, yes, there is, there is a hierarchy at work. I have a boss and he has a boss and my boss's boss has, uh, bosses, uh, and so on. But at the level at which I'm working, I'm working within a small group, and none of us are the boss of, of any of the others of us. And we each have our own set of skills. We each have our own abilities. We each have our own um, biases. We each have our own ways of, of doing things. And, and as a group, we have a set of tasks that we have to perform together. And we're not, at least in the organization that I'm part of, uh, that I work for, we're not so much told by our bosses how to work together. Mm -hmm. We are told you must accomplish this task. And, And each of you has these specific skills that are part of what it needs to be, that needs to get done to accomplish this task. But that work group, each work group decides within the group how they will be organized or not um, to to getting that particular task or set of tasks done. Um, you know, how they uh, allocate out the work to different people, how they decide what to work on first and what to work on second, um, how they talk to each other, how they um, – uh, what – uh, you know, what sort of things that they make along the way towards getting the job done about whatever kind of documentation and so on. As long as it meets the needs of the company as a whole, the details about how they work is not dictated. And so I think some people find that very uncomfortable. Some people want to be told exactly what to do each each step along the way. Uh, and uh, those people don't do so well. <laughs> in in the kind of work groups that we have. Uh, we we people who are uh more self organized, uh more um self motivated, and who can take a direction and figure out the steps to 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 go in that direction, work better in that, in that context. And and to me that part of what Tradition 9, um the way in which I can apply that in my life is to recognize that it's not the exact way in which we do things, but where we're going and what our goal is. That's important as long as we are able to work together to get there. And I don't have to be micromanaging. (laughs) Uh, I don't have to be telling each person exactly what they should be doing. And, and that's um, actually, I think it would have been, some years ago, it would have been kind of scary that, whoa, well, there's no control. People are just doing what they're doing with. Um, but having seen it work and having seen how much less stress it is on me to let other people do things the way that, that works for them rather than the way that I think they ought to do it. Um, my life is easier and I get more of my work done when I'm not worrying about their work. And I know that touches a lot of different principles in this program, but um, I see that in, in tradition nine as applied in that context. And uh, yeah, so that's one way. (laughs) How about you?
1: Yeah, I see that um, on work, uh, uh, similar. Yeah, it is. um, For me, I'm a very organized person also, and I'm, I really love plants and I can be, from uh, from my profession here, I'm a very pushing, driving person, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, uh, I sometimes, you know, could also frighten other people how I can uh, stick to those things and and make things possible, you know, by driving a lot of effort and uh, discipline and, and force behind things. But it cost me a lot, you know, and it always uh, put me in a crisis when things don't work. And I always question myself, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. was I good enough? What did I make wrong? Uh, But sometimes things are just happening, life happening. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: I love the saying, uh, God love and men make plan. And that it is. And for me now, you know, I sometimes have to giggle myself when i I watching myself making this kind of plans. and Then it doesn't work out. And so sometimes I think, uh, I, I catch myself and I say, come on, sit back and, and watch what other people are doing and then you can step in again and uh, just make a plan for a week and not for months. You know, and if things are changing, just adjust and not being angry or frightened about it. It will all work out, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, that's very important uh, for me and, and give me much more life quality and much more health, you know.
0: Yeah. 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 I Another place that I think about uh, this tradition is applying... Um, uh, I have mentioned, uh, I think, before on the podcast, uh, but uh, probably new to some, some listener, that uh, I work with a group of um, youth at my church and in um, actually a multi-state area. And uh, I'm a member of a group of uh, about 10 to 12 people, most of whom are high school age youth, so 14 to 18 years old. And we plan several um, conferences every year. Uh, where uh, young people come together for a weekend to to learn, to worship, uh, to have fun, and this group is very much run by the by the young people. There's three adults and eight or nine um, youth in the in the group, and each of them has their specific area that they're responsible for. And there's some organization there, but there's. Uh, there's also a lot of not organization, <laughs> um, and and again, you know, this the whole the whole Al-Anon program in in enabling me to learn to let go of things, to um, learn to let each person do what is their job, so that I can do what is my job has really helped me there. Um, in in you know letting these young people figure out how to do the things they need to do and giving them um, suggestions based on experience uh, but um, not running it not making the decisions for them um, and and it you know again it it this tradition nine in terms of being um, not organized in a formal sense but organized in a sense of there are jobs that have to get done and people do them and each person does it sort of on their own, but together, you know, we, we support each other. Um, I see that working very much. And I look at, I've seen some other people in similar situations, um, some other adults, I will say in similar situations who just try so hard to make things happen in the way they think they should happen. And things happen, okay, but when I talk to the young people who are in in there, they're often um not happy about the way things are run because um, there's a sort of um there's a statement that the youth are um we're giving the youth some power, but then the reality is that the adults have a hard time watching the youth struggle with the power and step in and and make things happen. And, and this tradition to me says, um, that we don't do that in Al-Anon, that we, we, we support each other, but we also, um, you know, let, let each other find our way, um, in the best way that it, that we can. Um, and that with the support of our higher power, that, things will work out and they may not work out exactly the way we wanted them to. We may not get exactly the outcome we wanted to, but we, we get a good outcome. I don't know. That's, that's, that's some philosophizing, I guess, whatever. Um, do you have other ways that um, you see tradition nine working in your personal life?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is mainly as uh, just being in the flow, you know, mm-hmm. trusting, um, Participating, but not controlling and not manipulating. I like that. uh, Yeah. I like that,
0: participating but not controlling.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it is not easy for somebody like me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But uh, if I see the results, uh, it's really, you know, gives me a lot of motivation, uh, yeah, to to still improve uh, my program and progress and and grow. Do you
0: have any um, uh, final thoughts that you want to share about Tradition 9?
1: I think I I just said, for me it is, uh, you know, 7 being self-supporting, 8, Tradition 8 getting support where you can't, and Mm -hmm. 9 letting go, be into the flow. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, I like that. Um, I will close here with the uh, the short reminder from the October 17th reading encouraged to change. If I take on service responsibilities in my group, it does not mean that I now run the show. Today, I will remember that the ultimate authority is a higher power who works through all of us. And we'll, uh, we'll take a short break and continue with our lives in recovery, where we talk about uh, how we practice the principles of this program in our lives and in our meetings. And I uh, want to refer you to the website for a couple of uh, musical selections. The first one there, which you can find at the slash 86, is a song Freedom of Choice by Devo. And uh, the, uh, the, the lyrics that sort of catch my eye and my ear here in this song um, is actually right at the end where they're talking about freedom of choice this is freedom of choice, it's what you've got freedom from choice it's what you want and tradition 9 basically says you have freedom of choice and we're not going to tell you what to do, so you do not have freedom from choice and and we learn that and we learn to actually welcome that um, and to not want freedom from choice In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery, what's happening in our meetings and in our lives this week. Uh, Ruth, could you uh, start us off?
1: Yes, I can. Um, I have started a new job at uh, the beginning of the month, and uh, it is always, for me, exhausting you know, to to meet a lot of new people, uh, learn about of, uh, a lot of new things, uh, and... Um, it's somehow exhausting, exciting, uh, but I feel um, mainly comfortable and enjoying my new workplace. Um, yeah, but I'm also a little bit uh, yeah exhausted because mm-hmm. I got some health issue, issues and uh, some pain in different areas. So and I'm, because I'm taking some medication for mm-hmm. chronical chronic illness, so I'm I'm very um, selective to to take uh, additional painkillers. And um, Mm -hmm. so I I also stand some pain. And I'm very glad to know and experience that maybe you can't avoid pain, but uh, you can avoid suffering.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so I'm relatively uh, good with it. A highlight uh, during um, last month, not weeks, but two weeks ago, I'd been a convention uh-huh. in Germany where I was a first time uh, last year, and so I uh, saw a lot of people. You know, it's like a family meeting, uh, which had been uh, there the year before. Some mm-hmm. new people. What was very exciting to see in the distance uh, how some people grow. And or grew, and uh, they told me the same. Mm-hmm. And they said, Oh, last time, and now we can see the difference, which is, you know, of course, we uh, do not need the approval from other person, or but sometimes good if somebody tell you you are looking so much better, so much more relaxed, or whatever. Yes, and it is. Really, I, I meet some people which I, some, uh, some of them I knew also from, from other conferences or I'm in contact. And I would recommend if somebody is listening and who's not able, who do not have a, a good meeting in the area to go to uh, uh, such conventions. Mm. Because you can meet people, uh, people who go to conventions are normally interested to meet other people and maybe if you're looking for a sponsor or somebody who you can talk over Skype to or whatever and it is always a lot of fun with all you know a lot of laughter also and it is also fun you know it is um you have a lot of meetings and so on but also you know it's like a like a big good family meeting mm-hmm. you know this is something which I would imagine uh, like an idol family. So a little bit drama also, but <laughs> uh, not so much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, then I had a meeting uh, with my home group uh, on Friday. And, uh, yeah, it was good. We were reading. Um, it's the fifth Friday and uh on the fifth Friday, we also uh, read uh, the latest literature we got.
0: And this mm.
1: is uh, Many Voices, One Journey.
0: Right. You mentioned and that
1: before. Yes. And uh, it is very interesting. It is uh, something new for me. It is uh, always surprising that I, I I reading since years, encouraged to change. And sometimes I, I think I, I read it the first time. Uh, but here, this is really a new book and we are reading it together and uh, I can really recommend it because it is uh, made like that. It is very, um, it is one or two pages about the history of Alanon and then there's a question. And hmm. it is uh, interesting because you, you learn how al developed and uh, it also teaches you something of the history and it is not like people think it's boring at school mm-hmm. to to learn some dates, but you you learn how how things are developed and like you know uh, try and error and and, and improve and that's uh, for me, it is always exciting to to living in this tradition um, yeah, and then my my new job is uh, somehow exhausting, I said. Mm-hmm. And I have some tests, especially, you know, regard to tradition nine. I mainly like my new colleagues.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's one person who is uh, somehow competitive. Mm. And she likes to interrupt and she likes to give advice. And this is a mixture which can really, like, you know, boy, make my blood boil. Yes. And so I say, thank you, higher power, to send me this teacher to give me some lessons. I'm very grateful. Thank you. Mm. (laughs) And it is, um, and I have to, you know, we will have a new setup in this department. So uh, it will be sorted out. Uh, Whom has to work very close with whom. And I wish that it is not this person, but I think, and I, I try to prevent, to try to control people and to set up things so that this would not be happened. Yes. And I catch myself that I, I'm doing it, and, and then I try to stop myself. And I think it is a real task and real training uh, to, to work my program here. And I know in the past when I've done this, it worked out better than I had imagined, you know. Yes. And, uh, but I have to remind myself in my early morning practice, like re- reading al uh, non literature and praying is very important for me at the moment. And then something happened. I was really laughing about myself. I was watching uh, in the evening a TV series over a stream. So mm-hmm. I can uh, watch a lot of uh, episodes in, in one evening. And I, it's a very exciting uh, series and I like it very much. And lately I woke up in the middle of the night recognizing that I tried to solve their problems. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I was thinking, oh my God, if I hadn't known before now I know that, you know, I'm addicted to problem solving, no matter if it's my problem or better than somebody else. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I really, I, I, yeah, it is it is really funny. and But this is very, you know, it's very clear for me, you know, that uh, I really have to think it's my hula hoop or not. Is it my problem? Is it worth worrying? Yes or no? And uh, so a lot of the things, I I can really, you know, uh, have some fun and have some humor. Even though the time is exhausting for me at the moment, when I come home, I I lie flat on my my couch. I'm not able to do a lot of things in, in my household, but I'm giving me the time. No, I say, okay, I give me several months to get used to this new job, uh to get uh, uh better with my, my health problems and uh yeah, I'm trying to be gentle to myself. It is something a friend shared at the uh at the convention and said, When you're talking about yourself, imagine you are talking about a, a young child, you know? Would you talk about a sensitive child you love in that way? And if you talk about yourself and think about yourself, keep that in your mind. And so it's a lot of program work in front of me. And uh, during this time at the moment, I'm I'm very thankful to have the program because I I know how or I can imagine how it would be for me at the moment if I hadn't. And I notice the difference. And it's very helpful for me to bring that in my mind. As I said at the beginning, you can't avoid pain, but you uh, you can avoid suffering. Mm-hmm. And uh, so even though there are some hard things for me at the moment in my life, I'm still okay and I'm I'm very happy to be okay. And uh yes. And um I want to thank you for the latest episode about alcoholism.
0: Oh, thank
1: you. I learned, you know, I dive very deep into this learning about alcoholism when I mm-hmm. um uh started in Alanon. But I'm still listening to the open talks from uh recovered uh, podcast. Right. And uh for me sometimes I'm i nearly forgot how important it is because I think I learned a lot and I, I need it and I I need to remind reminded of that. And uh so thank you.
0: Uh, well you're welcome. Um that was just as I said, it was totally my um my own experience uh over the years uh but uh you know i I thought it might be helpful to some other people to just hear what I had been thinking about so uh thanks for for saying that okay, is it my turn then yes <laughs> okay um so when you were talking about your new job and how Uh, you're, it's tiring you. My daughter uh, who graduated from college back in, uh, in May uh, is started a job and I think it's been a month and a half maybe now. And she, she comes home and she says, I'm so tired. This is so, this is so hard. Is it supposed to be this hard? And it sounds like from also from what she says that you know she's doing work that that um, you know her boss finds of good quality she just feels like it it's really hard for her to do it and i keep telling her that uh a part of that is just that it's all new stuff it's all new ways of doing things that she hasn't done before and uh i said i said uh, something like well it's Do you remember learning to drive a car? And when you were very new at driving a car, you had to spend all this energy and all this focus on just, you know, where do you put your feet? How far do you turn the steering wheel? When do you step on the brake? When do you, how hard do you step on the brake? It would just all this conscious focus on the mechanics of doing the job. And now that just comes pretty much naturally to you. And, and the, you're just focusing on where you want to go and more about the process of, of what driving is accomplishing, not on the process of driving itself. I'm not saying this very well, I think, but, and, and it's so much easier and it's, it's not that driving has changed. It's not that what you have to do to drive has changed. It's that, a lot of the things that you have to do are now more automatic for you and you don't have to think about them consciously. And I said, I think this will happen with you with this job that you're spending a lot of conscious energy on what step comes next. How do I do this? Um, And there will be a time when that comes naturally. And I was really appreciated that you said, you know, that you're giving yourself several months because she said, "I've been doing it for a month. Shouldn't it be easier now?" <laughs> like, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I mean, maybe a little bit easier, but I, you're still you're still learning it. Um, so I appreciate that voice of experience that you had about how long it it how long you're giving yourself from your own experience of of starting a new job um, to uh, to get used to it. At least that's what I the way I heard what you said.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed.
0: Um. <clears throat> thinking about i don't know you know my life the last week has been i go to work i work and i come home and i eat and then maybe i read for a while and then i go to sleep and i get up and i go to work (laughs) i'm trying to think how is the program working in this um i think it's in taking care of myself in recognizing that um because i'm putting a lot of energy into work these days that um Part of what I need to do is make sure that I get enough sleep, for example. I did have um, a little bit of a cold last week. And, and again, this I have learned that the best thing for me when I'm starting to get sick is to not try to push through, to not say, well, I'll, I'll, you know I'll come to work today even though I'm feeling miserable because tomorrow I'll feel more miserable and then I'll stay home tomorrow. But instead to say, no, I need to stay home so that i can lie down when i need to that i can take a nap when i need to and you know i work on the computer so i can do some work from home when i when i need to uh, but i can also take those breaks and and that's just not possible for me at work there's no place that i could go lie down and take a nap for an hour uh, if i'm if i'm in the office and uh, and so um keeping things in balance is a, is a a gift that that I have learned, I'm keeping things more in balance than I used to in any case. Um, I was thinking about meetings that I went to this week in my home group. The uh, the lead topic was about forgiveness. And uh, the person who gave the lead talked a lot about how forgiveness is something we really do for ourselves to free ourselves from holding resentments and grudges and holding on to anger for past hurts that cannot be changed because they happened um, and gave uh, a really good uh, story from their own personal life about finding forgiveness for something that um, uh, a relative had said uh, and this was somebody that they were trying to reconnect with and then um, they there was a blow up and and then they didn't speak again for about a year and and finally um, you know our uh, the the person realized that this was not this was only hurting them. This was not hurting the person they were mad at. And that, um, and also finding that, that, you know, their relative was a person who had their own, their own things going on. And that in fact, this blow up had not been about um, the person, but about something going on in the relative's life. And so was able to find some compassion and understanding as well, which makes it easier to, to find forgiveness. It was very good, very good lead. And then, um, in the sharing afterwards, somebody said, I struggle with this. Uh, I understand uh, finding forgiveness for things that happened in the past. But what if, um, what if the harm is still going on? What if the person that I want to forgive is still continuing to hurt me? Uh, and that, that sparked some, some really good shares by other people. Um, and my Sort of my my thought on that, um, and I I'm, I shared part of it. I'm sure was about uh, boundaries, uh, about detachment. That and in particular um, around uh, my loved one who I was still living with. Uh, you know, I'm still living with her now, but she's in sobriety now. But she was still drinking, um, still doing all those behaviors that I didn't like, um, and I was I was living in it. And with it, and and what what could I do? Um, and and it really was about setting boundaries about sort of behavior that I would, um, you know, I would not be there for. Um, that when certain behaviors happened, I would just leave. I wouldn't engage um, when, uh, you know, maybe uh, there was when my loved one tried to, uh, as, as we might say, pick a fight or. Uh, you know when she was doing something that 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 made me sad um hurt me emotionally uh, that i would i would realize that i didn't i didn't have to stay for it um, and I could set that boundary and also um finding detachment uh, and as we say loving detachment so that loving her while hating um, what the disease had done to her and did to her and and separating motive, that you know her behavior that was hurtful to me, but that the behavior was not something she was doing with a desire to hurt me. It was something that was coming out of, um, you know, the effects of of alcohol on her on her mind, on her uh, on her spirit, and that that those those tools of boundaries and detachment. Um, helped to reduce the pain because some of the pain, as you say, the suffering comes from, you know, there's something that hurts. And then there's a story about that something that I tell myself and that story might be, um, you know, she's doing this to me. She's doing this because, um, she wants to hurt me. And, and if I tell myself that story, then I, I have more suffering. And so, yeah, it kind of connects back to, to what you were talking about too. Hmm. Um, but it was a very it was a really good meeting. Um there was a lot of a lot of good things said I think by people both by people who'd been in the program for a while and people who were fairly new to it. And that's you know, it's the beauty of this program that we can hear wisdom from from all sorts of people who have um just lots of different amount of experience and different kinds of experience as well. So yeah, that's my week, I think. So we've got some upcoming topics. Uh, don't know exactly what order and when. Uh, been talking to. I've uh, t- been talking for a few weeks about um, doing an episode around triggers, uh, triggering behavior, and how we uh, how we react to to triggers and how the program helps us um, in maybe not um, not being triggered. Uh, and uh, uh, several people have contributed towards that episode. Uh, and, you know, if you um, are listening and um, have something to share, some experience, strength, and hope to share about uh, triggers being triggered um, and and how working the program has helped to deal with them, uh, please call or email and let us know. Uh, another upcoming topic is uh, about is it caretaking or is it healthy support? Um, and if you have uh, questions, experience to share there, Also, please let us know. Uh, And Ruth, how can people send us feedback? How can people join the conversation?
1: You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Call right now to 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can send email to feedback at zrecoveryshow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about topic of Tradition 9, or the next topic. (laughs) We don't know what it is now. If you have a topic you'd like to talk about, let us know. Spencer,
0: where can our listeners find out more about The Recovery Show? That would be our website, which is dot It has all the information about the show, including notes for each episode, um, some other uh, occasional blog posts, uh, links to the music we play that we, we talk about. I guess we're not playing it in the podcast anymore. And there's some links to some other recovery podcasts and websites that we like. Um, and by the way, if you... Uh, have discovered um you know a recovery uh blog a recovery podcast that you particularly like that we don't have a link to let us know um and particularly Alan on recovery but um you know good recovery in general uh, is uh is always welcome and uh if you'd really like to join the conversation besides uh sending an email or leaving a voicemail uh you can uh be a guest host by uh by phone or skype or uh, FaceTime. I've used all of those. Uh, if you're interested, if you uh, particularly, if you're interested in one of the upcoming topics, uh, email feedback at therecoveryshow dot and we can set it up. We uh, had uh, basically didn't have any any uh, email or voicemail this week, uh, so uh, don't have any of those to read. Yeah, all right. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to the recovery show, but we do have expenses which run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways. First, uh, we have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Diane did. Thank you, Diane.
1: Thank you, Diane.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we also have uh, set up an affiliate arrangement with uh, Amazon for at least for our listeners in the United States where uh you can order things from Amazon by clicking through um a link on our website and there's a there's a link now right below the donation button that says donate by shopping uh, anything you buy from Amazon after you click on that link uh, we get a small commission and it helps uh helps us without uh really costing you anything although don't go buy things you don't need uh, that's that's silly we also have a list of recovery related books that uh, you might be interested in um, click on the books link at the top of the page uh, any of our web pages to uh, to get to that list I want to uh, uh close uh, talk about uh, another uh, another song selection that uh I feel relates uh, in ways to to tradition nine this is rush uh, the song is different strings and it, i I see this song speaking to sort of the diversity of people that are in the program, but the, the way that um, we work together uh, to, to make the program work without uh, you know, any one of us uh, being in charge over the others. And a uh, bit of the lyrics here, Different eyes see different things, Different hearts beat on different strings, But there are times for you and me When all such things agree.